welcome back to another episode of the Outdoor Ed Podcast. Remember, that's short for Outdoor Education, Fish, Camp, Hunt. I am Matt Mascarenas, your host, and thanks for joining me again. And I hope everybody is feeling good. I hope everybody's feeling... um, uh, If you're sick, I hope you're staying home. If you're not sick, I hope you're do practicing the uh, quote unquote social distancing distance. Yeah, I can't even say that distancing. Man, there you go. That's uh, that's number one. That's the first score for the English language. Uh, that um, it's English language one, Matt zero. As fifty seconds into the show, I have I am behind already. So that's how we're going to kick it off. And uh, thank you for joining me. And as always, as I do before every show, I would love it if you hit that subscribe button. If you haven't already, wherever you get your podcast, wherever you got this show from, wherever you uh, found it, wherever you downloaded it from, I hope that you would uh, like it enough to subscribe it because you're going to get plenty more of stuff just like this and uh, give me a review and uh, rate it. Uh, Hopefully it's a five star rating. If not, you know, it is what it is. Uh, We're here to get better. I'm here to get better. So that uh, that's no problem, right? No biggie. So uh, yeah, do what you need to do there. Share it with your friends, family, uh, whoever, whoever you think would enjoy uh, this podcast. Uh, Give them a share and uh, let them know where you found it. But um, yeah, I hope everybody is, is like I said, healthy. And, and there's, if there's one thing that we can do without being around other people, it's listen to a podcast, turn on YouTube, turn on Instagram, however uh, it is that you like to get your information or get your content, uh, especially hunting, fishing, camping, things like that, things of that nature, uh, the best way to do it. And, uh, some, in some cases, the only way to do it is, um, you know, not in a crowded room. You don't have, you don't need to go to a crowded store and, uh, have a, and go sit there and watch, uh, somebody talk about things over and over again that they've already talked about. So, uh, plug in your headphones, hit the Bluetooth button and, uh, sit down and listen to a good podcast, informational podcast, and uh, hopefully you learn something. Best way to prevent not getting sick and, uh, you know, just having a good time. You know, I mean, you can even do this in the park. I've, I have I do this all the time when I'm chasing around my toddlers uh, or my toddler and my, and my seven-year-old when I'm chasing around the boys around the park, around the lake, uh, around the backyard. I'll throw a, uh, a Bluetooth uh, earbud in and uh, listen to a podcast. So that's always, always an option. And uh, one of the best options, especially in our climate that we are living in today. So uh, other than that, today's show, we are going to talk regulations. And no, I'm not going to go over a bunch of regulations. I'm going to uh, basically talk about regulation brochures, whether it's fishing, hunting, um, uh, there's 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 a bunch of brochures that are out there, uh, state lands, state land brochures. Uh, there's uh, recreation brochures, uh, and and I'm I'm today we're specifically going to talk about Colorado, 
uh, brochures. Is that's the state that I live in? That state I'm that I'm from? That state I'm most familiar with? I do purchase out of state license typically, Wyoming, Nebraska, maybe Kansas on occasion, but definitely Wyoming and Nebraska. And anytime I pick up a license, that's what I'm doing. I'm grabbing a regulations brochure, and I hope that you are doing the same. And the biggest thing that the, the biggest reason why these are important to have is because they give you a lot of uh, they give you a lot of news on that on the regulations, on the things that you need to be aware of, the things you can and can't do, the places you maybe can and can't do them, uh, different things, different options. And, and in this case, we're going to talk about the big game brochure. Uh, that we're we're right into that season right now. We're getting ready for turkey season, and we're right in that season where uh, big game applications will be due here in, oh gosh, I want to say April 4th or April 2nd. Um, not 100% sure. Uh, if you're an early bird and you like to uh, get those in, I feel like it's that April April 4th time frame that's it, it's always kind of around that first week of April that uh, our big game applications are due here in the state of Colorado I'm flipping through the, the regulations brochures right now uh, let's see here application April 7th see I was three days off so uh, yeah they've opened up March 1st which is a couple weeks ago and April 7th is when they are due so the best way to do things like that is to get it in as early as possible. I know a lot of folks, and I used to be a part of this, uh, I'd get together with my buddies or I'd get together with my uncle and we'd sit down and this was back when, when they would come with the paper applications and we would either mail them or go down to the 6060 Broadway office and turn these applications in. But we don't need to do that anymore. Everything is streamlined and the majority of this is done online and why why wait till the last minute to get this stuff in it's a great time now especially if you're if you're one of those people that are hunkering down behind your uh toilet paper roll uh bunker you know sitting here I, I, right now i'm sitting on about uh five cases of two ply so i am locked and loaded not really i'm just joking i'm not i'm not one of those crazy animals that are doing stuff like that but that's neither here nor there but uh, it's a good time to flip through the, the brochure, flip through the regulations brochures. And uh, well, let's well, we're just going to jump right into it as far as the big game brochure is concerned. And I will also uh, take a look at the, the the 2020 fishing brochure, fishing regulations brochure. There's some things that you kind of need to know there, too, or some places or, or the, the way to kind of look through it, navigate these brochures is the kind of what I'm going to do for you today, but um, I'm not going to go through the entire brochure, read it page by page and try to do it that way. But there's a lot of good information here. And a lot of those questions that I always see in forums, a lot of those questions that I always see in, in uh, asked on whether it's online forums, like if you're in like a Facebook forum or just regular online forums, uh, uh, there's a lot of them that are out there that are still active and stuff like that. Um, so if there's a lot of questions I see there that if these people would just flip through the brochure, you know, I, I, I have like three or four of these around the house. I always have one in my truck, one fishing, one hunting, one, uh, rec land, state rec lands. And then, and then I grab a boating, a boating, uh, regulations. I grab a, um, uh, uh, there's they have another one too that's a that's kind of like a just a straight up rec, recreation 
brochure. I pick up that one as well. So I have, I have, I keep those in my truck. I keep a, a fishing regulation uh, in my truck, in my boat, and in my backpack in case I'm walking around fishing. I, I'm very confident in my knowledge of the rules and the regulations. But if I have a question, I can flip through this magazine and I can look it up. I got, I get a highlighter. I'll go through some things that maybe concern me that I need to keep an eye on or I need to remember. If, uh, if, if I'm doing something like a bait fishing, if I'm fishing with a trout line, if I'm going to, to go frog gigging, if I'm going to uh, go bait some areas for uh, crawfish or crawdads, depends on where you're from. If, uh, if I'm doing things like that, it's very important to me that I know what, I'm, what I can and can't do, okay? So um, it's good to pick up one of those regulations brochures. They're free everywhere. You can find them all over the place. Uh, Walmart has them. Um, well, I almost said Kmart. Kmart doesn't exist anymore. Come on, come on, old man. Um, you can go to, to any state park office, any any uh, place that you that you could. They have fishing. You know, uh, city city places. You know, city parks have stuff like this too. So it's a great great thing to pick up. Great thing to get familiar with. And yeah, I mean, stick one. You know, stick one in the in the bathroom with you. If you're like me, you sit down and you know you have a sit, have a sit down. You know, I'm not gonna get too crazy on what what you're sitting, but come on, we know what we're doing when you're in the bathroom. Stick one of those, stick one of these things in the bathroom with you. Pick it up, flip through it while you're while you're doing what you need to do, and then uh, you know you can like I I never know. There's a lot of times I'm like, hey, I didn't I didn't I didn't know that. I never knew I never knew that. So uh, while I'm reading. While I'm reading, while I'm having having a seat, so uh, <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not going to talk about having to sit down reading my reg reg book in the bathroom. And no, I'm not. Don't think that 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 that, that that's why I have multiples because that one does not leave the bathroom. It stays in the bathroom. Those two stay in the bathroom. And get, believe me, my wife gets upset. That's why I have my own bathroom downstairs in the basement where I kind of I, I kind of come to hide and get away and read uh, my. My whether it's magazines, I mean, come on, we all we all know that. Whether you're male, female, you all have. Everybody has their their little section in their in their bathroom where they have magazines or something to read. Yeah, I know the phones are very popular now, and everybody's dinking around on their phone. But I'm going to be 100 honest with you. I have stopped that. I have caught myself doing that because that phone is going to be sitting on the kitchen table. That phone is going to be sitting somewhere. Where you, if you really, really think about where that phone has been, you do not want it sitting on the kitchen table. So I don't bring my phone. This is just me now. I don't bring that phone in there with me at all. No, I did not anticipate to go uh, talk a couple minutes about bathroom etiquette. But I, hey, maybe we need. Maybe this is what we need. You know, maybe this is a conversation that needs to happen. Bathroom etiquette on what you can read and what not, what do and don't take into the bathroom. So. Definitely a phone is one of those things. That's why I don't, I'm, I'm nervous about using other people's phones. Hey, it's okay. You can use my phone to call. Nah, I'm, I'm good, man. I'm really good. So back to the regs. Just just pick some up. Grab one. You don't need to have four or five of them. I'm just telling you what I do and, and how I go about these regs or how I go about learning and reading these reg, regulation books. So one of the first things that I do is when I open up one of these regs books, even if I've been paying attention to things, even if I've been uh, kind of watching uh, CPW putting out different regs throughout the season, throughout the year that might affect hunting or fishing, you you open it up and there's a table of contents right there on that cover page. And 
You can read everything. You can go to where you can find licensing information, application and preference points. If you have those kind of questions, you can look those up there. Uh, general information, hunting laws, youth hunting, hybrid draw. And then you go right into where you can go and get your hunt codes. Deer, elk, pronghorn, moose, bear, lands, and important dates are on the back cover. There's a map on the back cover. Actually, there's a couple maps in there that show you CWD, uh, places like that. We'll get to that one when we get um, moved down on the line. There's also a, a portion here on that cover page, on the back of that cover page, I should say, where they give you areas and locations and offices and whatnot and places to call. These are good to have these numbers written down because wherever, whatever area you are going to be in, <clears throat> whether you're in Brush, Colorado Springs, Grand Junction, uh, Mount Vista, Montrose, Denver, a lot of these areas here have numbers. And what I like to do is I like to give these offices a call and I like to find out what D or who is the DWM in my area. And if I can get that contact information, I get that contact information. If there's a specific question I have about that area, I can call him or her. If there's a, a, a specific, um, if I have an issue, I can call them. If um, just, just the fact knowing that I know that I have that number on me and I know that I can reach out and get a hold of, of, of these people if, if need be, uh, you never know. And it's good to have that information because you don't want to be in a situation where you're sitting there like, I need a game warden, I need a district wildlife manager, I need a wildlife officer here, and or or you made a mistake. First thing you should do is call somebody like that and uh, figure out where you need to go from there instead of sitting there waiting and then oh here comes uh, you know here, here you see the uh, hey how's it going you know out of the blue you don't even know because that's always how it happens you're you're just sitting there and then all of a sudden hey how we doing over here. Uh, you know, let me see your hands, you know, stuff like that. Not saying you're in trouble, but that's just kind of how they, they surprise you. They, they, they've been watching the entire time. So knowing that you have that information, if there's something that went down, something, something sketchy, and this isn't always going to happen, but just knowing that you have information, give them a call right off the bat. It'll often save you a lot of trouble in the long run. Uh, because, because these people can't, they can't determine, uh, what had happened unless you give them a call and notify them and let them know what's going on. So a lot of phone numbers there, a lot of information to get through uh, to that you can at your fingertips in those contents pages. And then also understanding what to look for, you know, license information. If you have questions about licensing, that's where you go. If you have questions about preference points, everybody, I see this all the time. How many preference points do I need to go here? How, what do I need to do? How do I apply for a preference point? How do I get the preference points? How do I know this? How do I know that? The information about applications of preference points are right here. It's all right here in the contents and where you can find it. One of my biggest uh, things and, and the things I like to look at and uh, get used, get familiar with is the what's new page. And the what's new page is right on that second page. It's literally page number one. What's new for 2020? And like I said, I'm not going to read through this entire page. But the biggest thing that jumped out for me is uh, the leftover draw is gone. No more leftover draw. It's a new secondary big game draw. So what that's going to be is, you know, typically your most elk, deer, pronghorn, and bear licenses that aren't issued through the primary draw were always gone through a leftover draw. 
Now, if you put in you put in for one of these, say you put in for a deer tag and you did not get that tag. Well, you would get you would get an option to enter the leftover draw, and you would get that like around June or so. You would put that in, and then you would see if you drew that uh, drew a leftover tag in July. Well, now there's a secondary draw. So, like I said, you put in for those uh, uh, you put in for a draw out of the primary draw, and the secondary draw will now be made available during the primary draw. So instead of you and it's open to anybody. So basically, you apply for that. I'm going to read it word for word here. Okay, most elk and deer pronghorn bear licenses not issued through the primary draw will now be made available in a secondary draw that is open to anyone, whether they applied for the primary draw or not. See, so that's a key word there. I would have highlighted that there so I know that when I'm applying for my license, that I know that it's not open to anyone. So that means. So say you somehow, some way miss out on this, on this application here now, in this process, you don't get it in by April 7th. So what happened is now you have another opportunity between, and this is the secondary draw applications are accepted June 5th through June 7th, 8 p.m. Mountain. And then after that draw, so those are the, those are your draw applications, then they're accepted from them. After that draw, any license remaining after the secondary draw except ranching for wildlife licenses will be placed on the leftover list and available for purchase on leftover day starting August 4th at 9 a.m. Remember that day? That's a that's another big day for us. So <clears throat> another thing I like to do is I like to cross down or I like to write down important draw dates, important dates that I can pay attention to. So I can, if I'm planning my hunt, I didn't get my first draw. I didn't get my secondary draw. Now what the hell am I going to do? Well, I'm going to look at the leftover draw. I'm going to look at the leftover tags on August 4th. I'm going to get my butt up and go down to a state park. I'm going to go down to a place where I can get licenses. Don't go to Walmart. I would go to a state park and I would go down there and, and get up and get ready to sit in line. Hope I'm first in line so I can, they, they make those, they make those licenses available to you on what's available. Hopefully you get in line. Hopefully you get the, the, the tag that you want and the tag that you need. So that's a big thing that's new for this process. Go in there and read that on for what's new 2020. Another new thing for 2020 that I noticed that uh, that a lot of people see is that um, the uh, look for the bear paw symbol. And I'm reading this word for it now. Look for the bear paw symbol to get an add on over the counter archery or muzzle loader bear license. Now, this is something that you you kind of sort of could do in the past. I mean, you always were, I, I mean, I've done it once, but I didn't do it a lot, but I'm definitely going to do it more because I, I, uh, you never know. You never know if you're going to run into a bear and Hey, if you're hunting in an area, you also got to do some predator management in that area as well. If you want that area to be good, you want that area to be, to, to, you know, maybe it's an area that's not as populated, uh, with, uh, it's more populated with hunters than it is, than it is wildlife. So Maybe that's an area that you want to help out the, the population and get, get better because there's a high predator population in that area. Snag a bear tag. And this gives you the option. And if you go through, if you go, if you flip through your pages and you start looking in the deer rifle or you, you start looking at the deer and the elk and the, and the pronghorn, for example, you'll see the little bear paw pop up. And it'll say right here, I'll, uh, and this is archery muzzleloader right now. So I'm going to read word for word now. Some archery muzzleloader bear licenses are available in unlimited numbers this year 
as add-on licenses only. You can add on one of these bear licenses if you have a deer or elk license for the same method of take and at least one hunting unit overlaps. Check the archery and muzzleloader hunt codes for deer, and then it says the pages and elk pages, for the available add-on OTC bear license hunts. Note, for some unit groupings, not every unit is valid for adding on OTC bear license. Check the unit information for table in the tables carefully. Also, see page 66 for bear section. And then it gives you some more options there to uh, also read and, 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 and to learn a little bit more about it. So that is also something that is new for this season. So you're, if you're if you've had a chance to flip through your pages, if you had a chance to look at, you know, kind of got, getting an idea, kind of writing things down on what you're going to put in for, or if you've already put in, you've seen that bear paw. And if you didn't read this, if you just flipped, because a lot of people, I know they do, they get it and they flip right right away. They go to where they're going to where they're going to start filling out their tag, where they're going to start looking for the licenses. They're like, what the hell is this bear paw thing? And then right, what do they do right away? They go to a forum. What's this bear paw thing? Instead of going right in the beginning, page one with the giant freaking bear paw right here, folks, you can read it there. So great, great. It, it's a great resource. I mean, that's that's all I'm going to say. It's a great resource to to be able to look and actually answer your question that you need answered instead of instead of going through a bunch of forums or going getting on there asking a question having some moron come back what do you want to hunt a bear for bear don't taste good and then you get into a big giant freaking fight over over why you're hunting a bear when all you want to know what the bear paw stood for boom it's right there on page one of your regs of your big game regulation books so that's kind of and then like again you flip over to page two you got options to plan your hunt if you're a new hunter if you haven't hunt before, if you don't, if all this stuff is new for you, number one, I hope you have your hunter safety course. You went through all that and you have a bigger baseline. Now, CPW puts out a lot of uh, programs where they help new hunters. They show you how to plan your hunt. They sit down with you. They they get they have classes that's a, that they're not huge classes, but they're smaller classes. They they kind of show you how how to how to do this how to do the big game draw. I did a podcast two years ago during season one where um, I sat down with Brian Postumus. We might do that again. I'm I'm talking with him, but I don't know if we're going to get it in in time, but we might. Um, Where he talks about, you know, big game draw secrets. He goes through a lot of things. If you want that, a lot of that stuff's still relevant, even though there might be different regs, there might be different things to different options now. But if you want to go back and check that episode out, it's in season one. I don't remember the episodes. Remember, I, I just started. I just started uh, numbering episodes this year, and this is actually episode two, in fact, so of season two. Remember, last season, season season, uh, which would have been season two last year, was kind of a throwaway year because of the issues that I had. But we're moving forward into season two with episode two. But if you want to check that out, go back and you can find it in the archives. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Um, Planning your hunt, you know, there's, there's, issue, there's, there's, do you have your hunter education? I just said that. If you have your hunter education, make sure you have that. Which species do you want to hunt? Where do you want to hunt? When do you want to hunt? What do you prefer to hunt with? Types of licenses you can get. Number seven, it just says it right here. Read this brochure. And that's exactly what I'm saying. That's exactly what I'm saying. There's a number here too, also up here in the top corner that gives you options to uh, call and call and help plan your hunt.
It's all right here, folks. This is a free magazine. This is a free magazine that you can get all this information from, or you can get the information to call and get the information. It's it's amazing. I know. It's amazing. I, I It's crazy. And then, you know, going on to page three, it gives you some hunting license terms and definitions, uh, everything there, qualifying license. I don't know what a qualifying license is. Well, it tells you here, limited license. Everybody says, well, what's a limited license mean? I don't know what the, and for another forum question, what's a limited license? Boom, right here, limited license. Goes through all the, li- what's OTC mean? I don't know what OTC, I, I was talking to a gentleman the other day. Hey man, if you, the best thing to do, you know, if, if you want, I want to go hunt this, this area, but I never draw. I'm like, Hey man, go grab an OTC tag. What's that mean? Well, says it right here. And, and one thing too, that I didn't know it, this, this is what I didn't know. And a lot of people utilize this, but a lot of people don't utilize it enough. Uh, the lists. So each license is listed a, B or C. Now, if you read this here, and then, and also when you, it, it'll get further back into over here too, where you can, and this is where you can get real, real, real crazy here and have four, three, end up with three tags and end up with three animals. Like yeah, I see again, I'm, I'm, I'm going to reference these forums because they're so bad. They're so good, but they're so bad at the same time. When, when somebody posts a picture of, of uh, three elk that they shot this year or, or two elk or, or whatever it is. It, uh, uh, how, how, how'd you do that right away? It's like they, they call them a poacher right away. They're, they're hunting out of season, blah, blah, blah. Well, they don't know that you can go, you can score a, a tag like this. So I'm just going to give you a, give you a, a, a real quick one down rundown of these lists. Again, like I referenced list a B and C tags. Now list a, you can only get one list a license. Okay. List B. If a hunt is list B, you can get up to two licenses one list A hunt and one list B license, or you can get two list B license. So if you're looking in and you're putting in for a deer tag and you want to get, say you want to get a, a, a buck tag and you're, you're putting in for, a, so say you're putting for a buck and you want to get a doe tag as well. Well, if that license that you're putting in for is an A tag, you can also get another license as long as it's a B license. And those lists, it shows you right where it's listed down here. And if you flip over to, to your to your elk, uh, your elk, or I'm sorry, your deer, your deer section, the list is the furthest uh, column to the right. It lists the tag. There's A A A A B A A A A C blah 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 blah. It says it right here. It gives you your options on what you can do. Now, if it's a list C, if a hunt is a list C, you can get any number of list C licenses as well as one list A license and one list B license or two list B license equal A, B, C, C. Yeah, it sounds like an algebra question, but it's not. It's an option for you to fill the hell of it out of your freezer with deer meat or get big game meat. That's that's the way I look at it, and that's the way you should too. Now, I'm getting pumped up about this season because this season is one of the first seasons that I've had in a long time where I'm going, where I'm starting out this, like I'm starting out early. Usually I don't get going just, just because of, of, of what I've, what I've done in the past. And, and, uh, you know, I've, I've been a football coach. I've been a football official. I've been a, I've been a coach, uh, in baseball. I, I mean, I've, I've coached a lot and then work and all that stuff and then kids and whatnot. So essentially I was buying, a I was buying a license for the opportunity that I can get out. Well, this year is different. This year, I'm putting a plan together. 
I am buying a license with the sole purpose. I have 15, 14, 10 to 15 days in this area to fill this tag. So I am putting in all this work right now to figure out what's the best way I'm going to be successful. And I am super excited about it. Really, really excited about it. So I have looked, I have combed through this regs book. I have combed through all these options. I have a list. I have a list. Yeah, and yes, I still write things down. I don't put them in my notes in my phone. I, I'm still old school and I write things down. I have a list of licenses, potential areas that I'm going to go scout within the next week or so that I can nail down. I, I'm pretty sure on my elk where I'm going to go, but as far as deer, I have a couple options that I'm looking at on the Eastern Plains and in the high country. So, and again, I got all this stuff from here. I got all this, all these lists from here. I got all these, these, these game units from this regulation book. Okay. So as soon as you flip the page, I said, I'm not going to go through the entire brochure and here I am doing it. So that was page three gives you the hunting, hunting license terms and definitions flip over license options and availability dates. Like I said, remember before when we started the podcast, I couldn't, I couldn't remember if it was April 4th. It's April 7th, March 1st. It opens April 7th. It closes. Read, read about the qualifying license. Read about limited license draw, primary draw, secondary draw, leftover limited licenses, OTC. There's that word again. I don't know what OTC is. Flip back to page what? Number three and boom, tells you what it is. It's easy. It's easy and it's all right here. It gives you a list of license fees and requirements, what it takes if you're a resident or non-resident. And that's what's really interesting here too is remember remember before when you were paying all I mean just all kinds of money <laughs> all kinds of money you're paying a lot of money to put in for tags well they they change that up they change that up and this is where they'll give you all these options you can get combos like for me when I go get my fishing license which we're going to touch here in a second I'm going to switch over to the fishing like to the fishing regulations um, when I got my I, I always get the I always get the small game combo always get the small game combo with an extra rod stamp. Well, it gives you options here. It tells you what you're going to get, especially if you're a resident or non-resident. Very, very important information here in this page. I'm going to go all the way until we get to uh, the actual uh, deer, the actual sections where it shows the hunt codes. But, uh, you know, you flip to page six now, it gives you all like what kind of license you need, uh, what's considered a resident? I don't. Again, you go on the forums. I don't. Am I a resident? Well, cheapers creepers, bud. It has it all right here. It has it all right here. Habitat stamps, qualifying licenses, special licenses. If you look, if you if you're a hunter with disability, hunter with mobility impairments, a resident first responder. There's a lot of options here for a lot of these people. I again, I see it. I am a reference these forums again. I I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a um. I'm a veteran. Uh, is there anything for me? Boom, right here. Check, read your regulations. You know, landowner preference programs. There's a lot of people that don't take advantage of this. I know a lot of people that that uh, get they get smoking smoking tags from these landover landover vouchers, landover uh, preferences. Things like that are very informational here. If you want more information, this is where you look at it. Flipping back over around application preference points, and again. If you're if you want to just get to one point, I, I told you it's right in the front table con- contents list all this stuff and where to go with it. But if you have any questions on the on the uh, on the preference points, it's all right here. Everything tells you refunds, reissues, exchanges, 
Here's the preference points. How do I get a preference points? When can I use it? When is it? When can I use it? Can I, if I put my preference points with a group, how does that work? Blah. There's all kinds of information about the preference points. It even tells you about the weighted preference points for Moose Mountain Goat. If you're banking those points, it tells you how it's affected here. Now, the only thing it doesn't tell you here is it doesn't explain to you what area, how many, how many preference points you're going to need in what particular area. If you go on Colorado Parks and Wildlife website, you can, you, and if you navigate it through there, you can find that information, and it's great, great information. So I definitely, highly advise you to do that if you're not sure on where you're going to go. And, but I would, I would especially read this weighted preference point section. And if you have, I'd say if you have more than five, I'd say five. I mean three. You can probably say three, but I'd say five. If you have more than five, you're sitting on. If you're sitting on almost seven or eight, like me, I'm. I might get hosed. I might get hosed this year, and it's just the way it freaking is. I'm upset about it. I get pissed off about it too, about the point creep and all that stuff. But you know what? It is what it is. I'm gonna try to. This is like I said. I finally have my time to burn those points. I'm gonna try to burn them this year. Might as well. What the hell, right? And then it ta- it explains the hunt codes here. In the next page, page 10, explains the hunt codes, what to enter, what's what, DM011O2R. Remember, 0 and O are different. Where you wh- What's what? D is what? D would probably be deer, right? M, what would you guess M would be? Male, right? O11, that's your unit. O2, what does that mean? Season. R, what would you assume R would be? Method of take, probably R would be rifle. Exactly. It gives you everything here. I know I'm sounding like I'm 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 being condescending and being being an ass a little bit, but I apologize. I just see so many of this of this crap on forums and it drives me up the absolute wall. Another another great thing to look at and get familiar with if you're a new hunter is the general information, big game species identification. This is where you do not want to make a mistake. Okay? This is where you need to know exactly what the hell you're shooting at. It's got what an elk and a moose, a mule deer, white-tailed deer, pronghorn, and a bear look like. Okay? (coughs) Pardon me. And this is where a lot of people get in trouble with here, okay? I, I want to make this very simple. If you can't see well... If you don't know the difference in this shooting light, okay, and if you flip back, there's a there's a probably a, a did I pat I might have nope it's right then it's going to be the next table or the next page. If you can't see if you can't see what you're shooting, don't freaking shoot it, okay. I don't guess like I thought I did see a cow walk by. I have a cow tag that it looks like it's a cow. I have a shot. I'm going to take it. Boom, you go over to it and it was a bull. The cow you thought it was walked out ahead in front of it already and it's gone. So you don't want to be in that issue. You don't want to have that issue. You don't want to be in that situation. This is a great, this is, it's so freaking simple. It's, it's mind numbingly, it's mind numbingly simple that, that so many people make this mistake all the time. Misidentification is, is the worst mistake you can make outside of killing another hunter. It really is because it's so freaking simple and it's right here. Look at, learn it, especially if you're new. Look at it, learn it, and make sure you know what you're shooting at. 
And then you flip over. And this is the reason why I like these legal, these, these hunting hours, is because this is what a lot of the DWMs reference. Okay. So they're not going, and I'm not, I'm not a DWM and I'm not, I'm not telling you this is exactly, okay. This is not an exact science. This is not an exact deal, but for the most part, if you flip up and you look at day, uh, August 1st, okay. This says the sunrise sun is supposed to rise at 6, 6 a.m. Set at 8.12. Now, if you're standing there at 5.45 in the morning, 5.45 a.m., you we, we all know what that looks like, right? We all know what that little dusk, that or I'm sorry, that little dawn look looks like, you know. It, it, on a good day, you can see. On a good day, you can you can make a shot. You can feel confident in doing that. But is that safe shooting light? Is that legal hunting hours? If you tell somebody, you know, hey, I shot that about 545. Well, this says here legal hunting hours for big game are one half hour before sunrise to one half hour after sunset. Unless specifically restricted. The sunrise sunset chart below List times for Denver subtract one minute for opening and closing from time 12 and a half miles east of Denver Add one minute to opening closing time for 12 minutes, blah, 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 blah. Remember that. Okay. Remember that. Where are you? What time does the sun come up? Okay. And this, it, it, these are just, these are just things that make a bad, that could turn a, a, a great situation into a bad situation. If you don't take it serious, if you don't follow these things to a T, it can turn, like I said, it could just be really, really bad. So you have your hunter table, you have your, your, your sunrise sunset table here. I like this a lot. Now I don't, it's, it's not like I use it now. Please understand this is a, this is a great reference okay and that's what i'm trying to to make clear this is a great reference but use your best judgment out there if it's not safe don't take the shot it doesn't matter if it's an hour or i'm sorry a half hour before or half hour after it doesn't matter do your make your best decision out there okay that's all i'm going to say Make your best decision out there. Don't just use this as a reference. Use this as a guide, but it's it's a good reference. It's a good guide. But at the same time, I know this sounds crazy. I know I know I'm probably sound like I'm contradicting myself, and I'm really not. All I'm trying to say is make the best and safest judgment. It, it doesn't matter, and and don't necessarily look at this as as the end all be all. But make your best judgment out there. If it's not safe, if you can't see, make a good shot. Do not take the shot. It doesn't matter if it's a half hour before or half hour after. Now, there's hunting programs there. And remember, read the shed shed collection. There's some shed collection stuff here. There's some new issues with that you got to take care of. And also, it's chronic wasting disease. This is the general information section on page 13. Chronic wasting disease, CWD. You know, it lists everything. where What it is, where it is, mandatory testing. If you're in a mandatory testing unit, you got to know that. You got to be able to go. You got you to gotta know that stuff. Uh, where you test it. You, you can do a voluntary, volunteer testing to see if you, if you know. I don't want to eat something with that, with that disease or, you know, CWD is very, very scary. And if you want to learn more about it, you can. 
and there's a there's resources here that you can so more information you know off highway vehicles ohvs you know accidental kills tells you what to do if you have an accidental kill remember i mentioned that earlier get the phone number of a dwm that you're going to be in that area uh herd management this those when you get those phone calls say hey what well, blah, blah did you did you were you successful were you not this is what it is you know ear tags radio callers if you do if you do take some, if you do kill an animal, if you do harvest an animal. I mean, you're you're killing it. We're not picking we're not picking elk out of the trees. You know, we're killing these things. So, you know, your 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 successful harvest uh, has an ear tag, a radio collar, tells you what to do and 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 what to do after that. So, great information there. Flip over hunting laws. These are all the hunting laws here that you absolutely need to know read this get your highlighter do whatever you need to know if you have questions to ask i would put this in your back pocket and go ask those questions to the right people so very 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 informational here and good to good to know here and if you want to wear pink you can wear pink i don't know i i'm not i don't know how to feel i, I don't know how i feel about the pink oh boy uh more hunting laws Okay, evident. Okay, here's here's one too. Okay, here's the biggest thing, the, the biggest faux pas, I guess I could say, uh, without cussing. And I'm trying to I'm trying not to cuss. I'm trying to keep it a family show. Evidence of sex. Okay, here I'm gonna read this here. It is illegal to have or transport a big game carcass without evidence of sex, naturally attached. It is illegal to have only detached evidence of sex accompany the carcass. If you submit a deer or elk head for CWD testing, leave evidence of sex on the carcass. Evidence of sex, A, buck bull, head with antlers or horns attached to carcass or testicles, scrotum, or penis attached to carcass. B, doe cow, head, udder, mammary, or vulva attached to carcass. C, black bear, male, testicles or penis, female, vulva. Heads detached from carcasses are not adequate evidence of sex. This is a bear now. If a carcass is cut in pieces or deboned, evidence of sex needs to be attached to a quarter or another major part of carcass. All portions must be transported together. That's very important, okay? Because if you, a lot of people, you know, when they go, when they go, especially if they're going to the backcountry or they're, they're walking in, walking out, they always break down. A, a an animal debone it whatever you want to call it quarter it up they, 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 they there's not uh there are opportunities for you to take the animal out whole but for the most part this is the best this is the best and easiest way to get the meat out of the backcountry you have to keep it together you have to know which animal and it has to all, all be the same animal okay they're gonna the dwms you come through they're gonna come through your camp and they're going to want to have all this stuff organized. So it's best to know the best way to get it organized and to make sure you have it the same animal together. Number five, evidence of sex is not required if a donation certificate accompanies less than 20 pounds of meat or after the carcass is cut into processed meat, wrapped and frozen, or stored at licenses, licensee's home. Tip, if you shoot a, a young buck or bull with antlers less than five inches long, it can be considered antlers. But what do you want to know? But what? But what do you do about evidence of sex? 
Leave the head and antlers naturally attached to a portion of the carcass to pr- prove it meets the requirement. Leave the testicles attached to a portion of the carcass that you can detach the head or skull plate and carry the antlers intact. Another big point with this evidence of sex is when you attach your tag, it needs to be attached to meat. It needs to be attached to the carcass. It needs to be attached to the evidence of sex. And what I mean by that, I'm, I'm talking about if you kill a bull, you don't, you don't wrap the tag around the antler. That is going to get you dinged. Okay. I see it all the freaking time, all the time. And it drives me up the wall. Because it's such a simple thing, you know, in different states, you can do that. I'm not sure exactly which ones I'm I'm, I'm, because I I've never killed an animal outside of the state, but there are different states where you can do that in this state of Colorado. You cannot do that. That is not that is not considered your tag attached to you needs to be attached to meat. Now, the best way to do that is you got, you know, you got your haunches and you say you got a hind quarter. You got those that little there's that little skin flap in between. I'm going to call it the I'm not going to call it the like the haunch, you know, right when it comes down the back quarter. So say if it's a back quarter, this, this is how I typically do it, whether it's a male or female. Typically down that back quarter is where I punch a hole through. There's a little flap of skin you can punch a hole through. I attach my tag there and then right there for that quarter of that hind quarter. You can look right inside. You can leave the udder. Or you can leave the the testicles or the penis attached there. And that's where you have your attached to evidence of sex. Keep that in mind. And look through other ways to do that. Ask questions. Go ask. That'd be a great question to ask DWM. Hey, where's the best place for me to attach my tag? I've even seen them attached in the ear. You you slit a hole in the ear, put it through there. It's attached to meat. It's not on the antler. Okay? Keep that in mind. Very, very important. Transporting game, domaining game meat tells you what you can and can't do there. Carcass tags. Here, here's the carcass tag. Like I said, I, I just, I just mentioned that. Mentioned that. It gives you all the information here you need to do when you attach the carcass tag. Very important information there. If you're looking for information about youth hunts, right here on page 17 on the next page gives you all that information you need to do. Age requirements, youth draw preferences. How do I participate? Youth outreach licenses. Those are very, very a good opportunity to take advantage of if you have a youth hunter in your family for the first time. Flip over. Again, I, I told you about maps. Gives you all the maps here. This is still the youth hunters. Uh, there's there's youth there's youth seasons. Uh, this is where all the areas you can go and take if you have a youth in your family, you can apply for these licenses. You can use these licenses. Gives you and then we go right into where we start getting into the hunt codes. Hybrid draw and all that stuff. So that in a nutshell is what you can find in a regulation book and why it's so important to look in a regulation book, why it's so important to have one of these on your person at all times when you're in the field, whether it's in your backpack, in your back pocket. I hope it's in your backpack. to be the easiest place. Or if you have an ATV, you put it in your um, in your saddlebags or your side bags. Is that what they're called? Side compartment saddlebags? I don't know if the motorcycle, that's what you call the same thing. I don't know. Put it somewhere that you have it on you in the field. So if you have a question, you have we all have brain farts. I have brain farts all the time. I've had at least four or five brain farts on this show all together right now. Okay, and I got the I got the reg, regs right in front of me. All right, you know I'm not really smart, but that's that's neither here nor there. But uh, 
it's this is what I'm saying. It's very important to have these regulations. It's very important to look through them and read them. You're sitting in the back of camp, you know, start go looking through them and, and, and read. Man, this is interesting. This is interesting. Uh, this is something to, that I, I never knew that, you know. It's what what else are you gonna do besides you know play cards and uh, especially if you're by yourself you know I mean it's it's something just to brush up on it and and have a good uh, kind of like a reminder just a reminder kind of situation so really really important there with the hunting brochure now I'm gonna quickly go through uh, some important things with the the fishing because fishing's very basically the same way. Except it's going to have different, obviously it's fishing, so you're going to have, it's going to have to do more with fishing. The table of contents is the same, license information is the same, uh, general information, like you're going to find all the same subject matter, but it's the subject's going to be fishing, not hunting. One big thing this year that's new that I wanted to make, make sure that you are aware of because it affects you right now, your fishing license is still good till March 31st. But you can go purchase a new one now, and it can be valid. So this season here, valid dates for annual license and habitat stamps have changed. And this is in the What's New page. Remember how I said that What New page? Right here. Annual hunting and fishing licenses, such as fishing, small game, fur bearer, resident combo, small game, fishing, and habitat stamps, will be valid March 1st through wait march 1st march 31st of the following through march so it's essentially they go they are they they go through the same time but they are valid march 1st through march 31st of the following year 13 months instead of april 1st through march 31st annual licenses go on sale march 1st see habitat page page two there's a new senior combo small game fishing licenses Customers are age 65 and older can now purchase a combination small game fishing license for $28 plus search and rescue fee and wildlife education fees also. This is something too that uh, that before you're like I said before, you know, March 31st, boom, we were, we would out, we would renew it on <clears throat> that same day or go buy a license earlier so you have it ready to go. This year it's 13 months instead of a year. So that is that's pretty neat. You get a you get a whole uh, uh, a whole month to go ahead and get your license, and then it goes out the thirty first same date as it did before. So I thought that was interesting. I really uh, really was excited about. I mean, I mean, I don't know how super excited, but yeah, you you know you you the season opens now. It's and they kept calling it you know like oh fishing season's like what fishing season? We don't have a season. It's your license runs out and then you have to get a new license. It's not, you know, seasons close. I've never ever thought in my life that, uh, I've, I've ever had to, you know, wait till a season opens. So that's interesting. You know, license requirements. This is something too, that you might want to look at. If you're an adult, people 16 and older are required to buy and carry with them a fishing license to fish or take fish amphibians and crustaceans except as prohibited. So right there. Okay. I see inform. I, I see. I see uh, in forums all the time. Do I need a license to go get crustacean or get crawdads and, and 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 crawfish or frogs? Yes, you do. It says right here, fish, amphibians, crustaceans. So make sure that you have your license, even if you're just going to get go frog gigging, even if you're just going to go trap some crawdads. Make sure you have your license with you. Oh, pardon me. Youth 
This is another kind of a new situation. Youth, youth, age, youth residents ages 16, 17 can purchase a fishing license for $9.85. Those under 16 can take full bag and possession without limit without a license. However, they must have a second rod stamp to fish. So that really hasn't changed, but uh, it's good to know that you can purchase a fishing license at 16 and 17 years old. I had to purchase my first, the first, I want to say that, uh, yeah, I purchased my license when I was 16. So, uh, but you know what? That was that. That was one of those reasons. That was one of those things that have that that has changed. That now I thought was something different, but now it's not. See, you learn something every day, right here. I I thought you uh, I thought you had to buy a fishing license when you turned eighteen, but uh, because I thought there was a new rule that took effect, but uh, apparently it's still the same. So, you know, boom, like I just said, page people sixteen and oh no, it is still the same. Because I thought you had to get to 18 because people 16 and older are required to buy and carry with them fish license. Because there's there is I, I thought that there was a a bill that went into place where 16 they were protecting those 16 year olds uh, and they made it 18 where you had to buy a fishing license. But I guess that is incorrect or I was false on the way I thought about that. See, like I just said, if I, I'm, I don't have to worry about it, but it is something that you need to know and it's important to know. So. And, uh, yeah, so, and also another thing too, uh, child support delinquency. Uh, I've had this happen when I was a ranger, uh, at Bar Lake, I've had issues where people couldn't buy a fishing license if you are behind on your child support. And it says right here, state and federal law require a social security number to buy a license. It is not displayed on the license, but it is provided if requested it to child support enforcement authorities. Hunting and fishing licenses are not issued to those suspended for non-compliance with child support. Any current license becomes invalid if held by an individual who is deemed non-compliant by child support enforcement. So if you're a deadbeat dad out there and you're, and I'm just using this as an example, I'm not throwing mud at anybody because I've had this happen to me, like I said, in my position as a ranger, I came across a lot of these issues where where they have a fishing license, but you run them and then they have that delinquency and well, they don't have a fishing light. They don't have a valid fishing license anymore because they're delinquent. That's that. Had, that's not my problem. I have nothing to do with that. But my problem is that your fishing license is now not valid. And it's very important to know that very, very important to know that also having your fishing license on, you'll, you'll see this later on in the laws, fishing laws. Uh, there's a lot of people, a lot of folks that don't carry their fishing license around with them or they forget it. Oh, just look it up. You can look it up. Well, in order for it to be valid, it must be signed. Make sure you sign it. That's number one, but you have to have it on you. If you do not have your license, even if they look it up and it says you have a valid fishing license, you can, you're still subject to a ticket because it is not on your possession. So therefore it is not valid. So keep that in mind as well. And again, these are all things you can find in these regulation brochures. So I've kind of rambled on here a little bit, a little bit longer than I had uh, wanted to, uh, almost an hour of talking fishing and hunting regulation booklets, but I think I got my point across. And again, if I confused you, 
or didn't make sense on a lot of this stuff, go pick yourself up a regs book and read it yourself. Stay out of the forums at first. Read these regs books. Do your best to ask the people that know what they're talking about. It's going to save you a lot of trouble. It's going to save you a lot of grief from the people that don't know what the hell they're talking about, but talk a lot so they think they do. (laughs) That's Again, I'm trying to be nice. I'm trying to be nice. But there's a lot of stupid people out there, and you can tell that by there is zero toilet paper in the stores. Okay, that's all I need to say. That's all I need to say is you could tell that by how, how, how less toilet paper there is in the stores. That's going to do it for me today. Thank you for tuning in. Thank or tuning in. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for listening to the podcast wherever you get it. <coughs> I appreciate you. Again, please, if you liked it, if this was informational, something you like, please hit the subscribe button. Give me a rating. Give me a review. I, I appreciate, I would appreciate it uh, extensionally if you did that for me. Please <laughs> do that for me. Uh, I would love it. I'm still going to pump these out. I'm still going to give it to you if, if nobody gives me a rating and review. But please give me a rating and review. I'm begging you. No, I'm just kidding. It's just it's just what they tell me in the podcast world. I got a couple sponsors on board, and they want to see those ratings and reviews go up before the, we, we really get hopping. So I want that for you. I want that for you as my listeners. I want that for you as the people that enjoy this and they and the consumer that gets this because um, I I really there's a lot of crap out there and I want to do my best to uh, filter the crap and uh, get you to stay off the forums because the forums they aren't what they used to be they are they are just a, a breeding ground for negativity they're a breeding ground for misinformation false information and um, it's just. Uh, they're not positive. So that's my goal. One of my goals anyway. So, uh, but like I said, that's going to do it. Thanks for tuning in to outdoor ed podcast, fish camp hunt. Uh, next week's episode, we might dig into some Turkey, Turkey hunting or Turkey seasons right around the corner. Pretty coming up pretty close here. And again, um, the best way to social distance yourself is to get out, go fishing, Go scout your hunting grounds or just go for a walk and uh, stay stay away from people. <laughs> I hope you stay healthy and uh, we will see you next time. Ain't that a lot easier than saying all that gibberish? Yes! Great hunter. Yes? Fine figure of a man, yes? Yes? Yes. That is all you need to know for now.